<laughs> Welcome back. This is episode 38 of the Epic Epoch podcast. With me as always is my co-host here, Dread. Dread, welcome. Hi, it's Dread. And in today's <laughs> podcast episode, we're going to be talking about Warlock. We're totally not a week late due to all the problems and issues recently. No, no, totally we have we have all the information all. we need. We have everything spoiled for Warlock. Everything, totally everything, except for yep. unique items and class affixes on your body armor and stuff and unique items and items and those items. Are we don't know. But the, those all, are all, all that details. garbage, we don't have it. But we have mastery. Yeah. We have uh, everything that you, can, that you can spec into, your masteries and your skills. Um, we have masteries. All the curses. We have the skills. Curses. Yeah, we have masteries and skills. Uh, and then we have masteries. Oh, we've got curses and skills. Okay, yes. so we have masteries and skills. And we've got some build ideas. We're going to be chatting about those. And I will be spending most of this stream uh, trying to convince Dread that the very first build he should play is using a two-handed sword with the uh, with the Acolyte. I want him to play Leviathan Carver, Chaos Bolt, Procking Harvest, so that you can finally get around the low, the low attack speed of Leviathan Carver by scaling <laughs> cast speed instead. And I think he's... I think, I think I've already you found Dread's just... new favorite build. You could already just play a war slash on Warpath and do that. <laughs> it's it's have you ever you you've played Path of Exile. You've you've played mm -hmm. a witch, like the small itty bitty like you know, she's like a hundred mm -hmm. pounds. And she's got a two-handed sword behind her, or like a two-handed axe. And like the anime vibes are just excellent. Oh yeah. Like it'll be great. Witch acolyte with a big two-handed oh. weapon looks you so know, cool. The most entertaining thing that warlock has going for it in my humble opinion is the ability to look at all the new acolyte armor sets without having to be a necromancer because if you're a lich guess what you don't get to see any of the cool that's, stuff that's a because really good point <laughs> now we can play a non-minion build and still get to see all the cool armor sets Woohoo! Right? Woo! Yeah, that's great. My my background on my on my PC for a long time was just the Reaper, with like two weapons, looking really badass, and and I do like Reaper form, but I also like what the armor looks like. It's funny on Reddit every once in a while you see people be like, "Oh, I look terrible. I want more MTX and stuff." And I like MTX as well. Listen, I like the MTX. Um, this game's base armor is yeah good. There just is, give me there some is uh, good base me, armor in Last Epoch. It looks let me, pretty. Like, change the cosmetics, and I would be happy, like like transmogs, and mm -hmm. that would all I would need. To be mm -hmm. honest, I, I like the current state of how they, we have MTX, but we also have good base armor as well, so we don't look like as so though we have no pants. <laughs> so we have we have warlock, and as stated, we're missing like all those tangent things, but we do have the mastery, and we have the skills themselves. Where do you want to start? Do you, are we are we going to start with your new favorite build, Chaos Bolt, Procking Harvest. <laughs> you want to start there? Uh, how about this? We can start talking about uh, each of the skills one by one. How okay. does that sound? Starting, so which one do you want to talk I'm about? I'm going to start. So we, we have our, our enormous monitor here showing everyone who is watching this either live on Twitch or on YouTube later on what we are discussing so we are pulling by the up way, the actual which was audience which cool. was audience feedback by the way it's true because uh, a lot of people were angry in the last uh, tier list video we did for the uniques that the uniques weren't on screen so 
Here you go. I, I always right thought about this as like a podcast. Screen. Like, listen, I used to drive to work all the time. I would listen to stuff. I forget that people also have the monitors turned on. So we're going to provide some visual feedback for you as well. Yes. So, right. But we'll uh, make sure to actually explain everything. <laughs> with Warlock, well, we're going to start with the most important skill, which is Chthonic Fissure. Not only is oh, it yeah. a cool word to say, but it also procs everything. So you can click Chthonic Fissure and through things procking other things and well, like directly procking something or procking something that procs something, you can proc... Can we do it? Let's do it. You can proc Chaos Bolt, Volatile Zombie, Infernal Shade, Sacrifice, Rip Blood, Bone Curse. You can get Marrow Shards off the zombie. Too, marrow Shards. I think there's one more. I, I think there's uh, one more thing you can proc. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things you can do. There's at least seven. I think there's at least eight. Technically, if you put on the axe, you can proc sacrifice when the volatile zombie dies. Oh. Or you can get sacrifice when the volatile zombie Yeah, yeah, from the skill tree. Better. Yeah, just, yeah, just from skill trees. Like, no items on. So, Chthonic yeah. Fissure really ties the room together for lots of different uh, skills and builds and archetypes. Yeah. You can do minion stuff. You can do chaos, or sorry, not chaos, but like curse, spell damage over time. You can do a hit. You can do crit. You can do torment. You can do ailment. You can do bleed, ignite, poison. Like it, it hits it a lot of angles. It really does it all. I think I think Chthonic Fissure is the perfect kind of skill that you'd want as a mastery skill, as it ties the whole class together and what it wants to be. And then, you know, then we <laughs> compare it to something like, you know, <laughs> Meteor, you know. <laughs> Meteor is something it's that, like, like, it's... Meteor is, like, a direction that you can go, but it doesn't tie everything else together. Chthonic yeah, Fissure is is central to what like, Warlock it, is. It is Warlock. Like, mm -hmm. when you get that as your mastery skill when you're leveling, because you're going to get it at level 15, you are just going to blaze through the campaign. It's like having Storm Totem from Shaman. Mm -hmm, it's like, mm -hmm. you put it on, bam, down on the ground, Time to go, mm -hmm. right? Like you just put it on the ground, run, kill things. Twitch, Twitch chat's relating it back to uh, Runic Invocation from Runemaster, which is the other yeah. uh, very recent um, introduction to Last Epoch that we've had. Like I, that, that's another skill that really ties the room together. You can use it. I like Chthonic Fissure more because it's probably not going to be bugged to shit when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> so Chthonic Fissure, uh, you open up a vent to hell and stuff pops out of it, depending on how you spec into it. Uh, it kind of feels like Holy Trail Javelin. Kind of looks mm -hmm. like it's it's a it's a straight line, and you can make it longer. Uh, you you like put it down in front of you. You walk over it. Enemies chase you over it, and they die behind you. It looks mechanically. It has AOE. It has a duration component. It shoots out little spirits that auto target enemies and deal damage in AOE. It it lasts for like mechanically. It looks like a skill. That's going to be super strong for leveling, whether and, whether you're doing yeah. crit or hit or curse or damage or or like anything. However you spec it, it looks really good for leveling. And what I really like about this is this is covering on one of the criticisms I've had for a very long time for the game is if you're going to have something have like a 45 mana cost. It better do 45 mana worth of things, right? And Chthonic Fissure definitely does its mana cost worth of things, unlike some other skills, right? You can <laughs> you can literally be like, hey, 
sure, it does a bunch of stuff, but it kind of has a mana cost, right? Mm-hmm. You have to manage it, right? And that's what I like about Chthonic Fissure is it actually does something amazing. We, we have our skills actually do things. And what I really like about it is specifically its synergy with like Infernal Shades specifically. So if you don't know, there's a node inside uh, Chthonic Fissure. It's called Return Below. And the idea here is it makes it so that the Infernal Shade essentially pops once it's hit by a spirit, like once the enemy is hit by a spirit. And it functionally makes your Infernal Shade into like an Abyssal Echo-like effect where you cast your Infernal Shade, you get it popped with the Torment, then you cast another Infernal Shade. And this kind of gets around the problem that Infernal Shade has where you can only put one Infernal Shade on each enemy at a time. Now, I actually recently just played an Infernal Shade build on Necromancer where you put the weight on the ground node and then, of course, refresh the duration. But this is the exact opposite way of going about it where we're just going to go through as many Infernal Shades as possible. And I really appreciate this kind of design because it opens up a lot of different builds just, just with Infernal Shade itself. There's... 17 different builds that are going to end up being good, if not great, with Chthonic Fissure. The interaction <laughs> that you just outlined, I would use it in a completely different way. Your, like your mm. build and my build would look similar, but I'd be doing a completely different thing with it. You want to use Return Below and cast Infernal Shade and have the Infernal Shade deal damage? Well, the rest of this paragraph of text says that it causes <laughs> it causes Chthonic Fissure's frequency of releasing spirits to increase up to a maximum of 60% increased frequency. And like, yeah. to me, I don't want to spec Infernal Shade to deal damage. I want to spec Infernal Shade just like to do utility or maybe I mean, nothing at all. I mean, you don't even all. have to spec maybe, it. Maybe you just nothing at all. It. Yeah. You just like click it, click it, click it. And all of a well, sudden- Instead my, of clicking, you can automate it with the can, summon zombies. Or or you could even use, um, what's it called? That, un- that unique dagger. Ghostmaker. Ghost you can have yeah. Ghostmaker automate the creation of your Infernal Shade. Yeah. <clears throat> Before I get ahead of myself. So it does two things. It consumes or it causes your Infernal Shade to deal damage instantly. So you can build around that. And then it also increases the frequency of your existing Chthonic Fissures and makes them spit their spirits faster. And I want to build around that. This is such a good node. It's one line of text. It's one little node here, one out of one. And you can already do two or three different things with it. That's awesome. Yep, it's very good. I agree. I, I enjoy it. I so like what about what about the thing on the very bottom right side? Um, what what why did they put rogue into my warlock? Oh, acid skin. Uh, well, at least this time we actually know what it does and like critical vulnerability when they change well, this. It. But, but <laughs> this is crit vulnerability. This it is, but like I think it's better in theory. Like technically, it is better. Uh, essentially, the idea with Forbidden Chasm is we can apply... So there's a node behind it that is called Pyroclasm. So normally, Fissure is a damage over time skill that you put on the ground, but you can spec it much like Hail of Arrows, where you can get an additional hit out of, the, of course, the Fissure. So it'll be like a fire damage hit with 300% effectiveness mm-hmm. of it, called Pyrochasm. Then... It allows that hit to apply a curse, a new curse called Acid Skin. Now, Acid Skin makes it so that enemies, uh, I think, deal less damage over time. And also, of course, 
give you a 20% just flat crit chance to uh, to any enemy that's hit by it and with any hit. Oh, so you can uh, use... Uh, actually, Mr. Streamer, it is a chance to receive a critical strike chance. So this is, oh, this is okay, crit vulnerability. Right. Yeah, so this is, is like, yeah. instead of needing 100% yeah. crit to crit cap, you only need 80% to crit cap. Yeah, so this is really strong in, like, it'll make Chthonic Fissure into a very good utility skill. You just plop it on the ground, all of a sudden you're crit capped, uh, like, with anything that, like, gets hit by it. And then, of course, there's the note afterwards that makes it so that you get even more crit chance based on your increased poison damage as well, which is really strong. Uh, the main reason why this is cool is if they keep introducing items, like cast on crit items and stuff like that, this will make a pyroclasm like cast on crit kind of thing a little bit more interesting because you can cap crit very easily on an enemy. So you put pyro, uh, you put in the chthonic fissure under the enemy and you hit them, and then now you can crit them as much as you want to proc whatever you want. So technically, warlock meteor cock or whatever could be a thing with this. You could like make it much easier to reach that like percent, and then of course the tormented spirits will go out and like hit multiple times. Like uh, chaotic rupture would uh, go out and like hit a bunch of times with chaos bolts. Now, of course, how would you sustain the mana? No idea, but it, it is a thing. It is there. I I'm literally twelve years old. <laughs> can we call the build <laughs> something else? Do we do we have to call it that? Uh, we we have to honor our ancestors uh, who played before <laughs> us. So I was I was making a list of like build around nodes. I was like, okay, so you could you could build it this way, you can build it that way, and it it really feels like within Chthonic Fissure here, every other node is a node that you could make into a build around node. You you like okay, yeah. this is the focal point of my build. This is the every like I think of, like this thing. It says what is it? Chthonic Fissure deals more damage per added crit multi. It's like, okay, yeah. well, all of a sudden you're like a, like a Chthonic Fissure, like you're a crit build, but maybe you're also dealing damage over time. And like, they're both being scaled by crit multi. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. And ailments and so, inflicts deal more necrotic damage. Okay. What's really cool with this, with Grim Tide, is normally the Fissure is fire damage over time. That's what the Fissure does. And any adaptive damage you apply to it is fire damage. So this node normally, to the untrained eye, would be absolute garbage. But thankfully, we have plenty of ways of abusing this. Like, for instance, a not mentioned much unique, but very strong unique, Marina's, uh, Marina's Lost Soul. If you read Marina's Lost Soul, I'm bringing it up here on my own monitor so I can read it. Do, 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 do. Here it is. Its base is 66 spell necrotic damage, and it also adds 25 spell necrotic. So it forces the da damage over time to be necrotic, so you deal more damage over time with Chthonic Fissure with this node per added critical shark multiplier, because all your damage would be necrotic. Or, and it does not specify here, you can actually grab Pyrochasm, the crit hit, right? And then get the necrotic more damage with Grim Tide because it does not say necrotic damage over time. It just says more necrotic damage. So if you use a Marina's to force your damage to necrotic, then use Grim Tide, that essentially makes your crit multi not only like give you a bunch of, you know, crit multi, right? It also gives you an absolute insane amount of damage. 
So your your Chthonic Fissure by default, it does like it has damage over time component because of the torment mm -hmm. curse that it applies, and then it also has like damage over time from the spell. And then if you're taking this note on the right on the right side, it has like this hit component to it. And it's important to know that the torment spirits, or sorry, the spirits, they also have a hit component to them. So like there's a lot of mixed hybrid damage types here, which is very cool. Uh it yeah. seems like we actually have ways to scale most, if not all of them, which is neat as well. Yeah, and just, just the ability of being able to manipulate the skill into doing what you want and then being benefited for doing so is very cool, it turns out. Mm -hmm. All right, so are we going to spend the entire stream talking about... We could obviously one? talk we could, about... We could talk about one thing for the entire we stream. We could talk about the mm. last note here. Mm. We could talk about chaotic rupture if you want. Uh, sure. Yeah, this, this is going to be a very popular note. For sure, like yes. a, a number of different builds. This is the note. Spirits have a chance to be replaced by a cast of Chaos Bolts that consumes a portion of its mana and scales with your Chaos Bolts tree. They have a chance for no additional projectiles. So with this, you can also proc a number of other skills using the Chaos Bolt tree. Let's go pop open Chaos Bolt real quick, just like this. So in mm -hmm. Chaos Bolt, uh, we can do some volatile zombie stuff over on the right side. We can... Uh, we can proc Bone Curse, we can proc Rip Blood, we can do some bleed, like, conver like that cold damage bleed conversion stuff, something. Yeah, cold rest of physical yeah. time. Um, then, of course, there's the harvest as well. Of, of course, how could I forget having yeah. a melee skill proc at range off of my spell? My bad. Yeah, that's going to be very entertaining. So what you can do is essentially put down Chthonic Fissure, have, this, have some of the spirits poop out chaotic uh and chaos bolts and those chaos bolts on hit can trigger rip bloods and they can also hit i mean they can also proc harvest and of course you can eventually get of course uh bone curse as well but all of that combined means that you can have essentially what i'm going to call the proc lock you're going to proc as many things as humanly possible from one chthonic fissure and that's going to be all of your clear and then for single target you just swap to like chaos bolts or, or you just put right? down a chthonic fissure that casts chaos bolt and then you also yeah. cast chaos bolt or yeah. what else you could do if it's like maybe it's going to be intensive on your mana you could just like put down a, a chthonic fissure for single target and then cast rip blood and rip blood south direct casting it's going to give you flat damage and it also refunds your mana you so know maybe, that could maybe that's a way you can do it going. yeah definitely or you could just use harvest <laughs> you could use harvest <laughs> in order to deal melee damage and get your mana back totally. Sure well, the idea is, so what's really cool about all this is we can make Chthonic Fissure scale off a of bleed. We can make Chaos Bolt scale off a of bleed. We can make Rip Blood scale off a of bleed. That's true. And we can also make Harvest scale off a of bleed. They actually and then use recently, a Torque Preffin's Hunger, yeah. another two-handed melee weapon. Yes, Dread. Yes, Dread. It, that, it no, that sounds so cool. Wait, that would work on the melee hits. I don't know if you have to use it, though. That's the problem. Let me look at the... Someone, someone, someone in chat says, why cast Rip Blood when you can just use the Bleed Overload? First of all, haven't even gotten to talk no. about the overloads yet. It says, Second of all, the mana yeah. refund and the stacking flat damage to your spells only happen on direct cast, unfortunately. Yeah. Dread, go ahead. So, Torgrifin says, when you use a non-channeled melee or throwing attack, I can't remember what the technical capabilities of that is, like when you use it. I don't know if that would count as you using it with Harvest, but I'll be honest, that wouldn't be very good in my opinion. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's good either. 
Yeah. But Leviathan Carver. Yeah. Oh boy. Yes, there is a dumb build uh, where you can, if you don't know what Leviathan Carver is, it is a big two-handed sword with very low attack speed per second, but it has a massive amount of flat damage, massive amount of percentage melee physical damage, and physical penetration. And the idea of this sword is to utilize it without incurring its downside of the low attack speed and chaos bolts procking harvest is the perfect way of utilizing it because you do not have to deal with the downside of having a big hefty leviathan carver and thankfully just recently right ehg added a node in acolyte or harvest that converts it to physical so we don't have to worry about the uh our damage sites being you know mixed so we wait. can have it all be physical wait wait Hmm? Have a chance per dexterity to attack with harvest dexterity, morning frost, cold damage. <laughs> <gasps> we could be a morning frost dexterity stacking cathonic oh, fish. Wait. Oh my god! You're right. You know what you do, Perry. You know what you do. You play with the new node, whereas I mean, you play with the old set. I mean, yeah. Whereas the forgotten knight set, the yes, forgotten knight sword set, yeah. Yeah, you use the Shadow of the Shadow Lance, and since those don't have attack speed on them, you get around the downside, huh? Yes. Yes. Ooh, oh. that might actually be fun. <laughs> and since the Shard of the Shattered Lance essentially it like like uh it has a bunch of melee cold on it, so it overrides the mm -hmm. flat damage on harvest. So mm -hmm. like we won't have to worry about converting harvest, mm -hmm. which is cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that could be a that could mm -hmm. be a fun one too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I'm into it. Let's, let's, now that now that we're talking about chaos bolts, we might as well just start talking about sure. Chaos but bolts. but I, I real quick, how Dread, are you? <laughs> how are you going to get all of those unique items and set items at the very beginning of a league? Are you just going to farm just... them all up by yourself, or are you I mean, going Merchants Guild? Oh my goodness! Are you going oh, yeah. Merchants Guild, Dread? So we realized. The last podcast where we talked about Merchant Skilled and Trade uh, and MG, MG plus uh, COF, we realized that Perry and I are very biased in our views upon COF, meaning that to essentially make a better podcast experience for you all, by the way, I am going to be playing Merchant Skilled so that we can have conflicting views on the differences between COF and MG. Essentially, I'm I'm becoming a trader. I'm turn coding so that I can collect information on the enemy but side. But you're, you're doing it for Twitch chat. You're doing it for the we're, people. We're doing it for the people. We, we, that's right, we are. Now, it was funny because we were talking about this last night. We're not going to go too deep into this. But essentially, I'm not going to have a problems with Merchant's Guild. Like, I'll make plenty of currency. That's not a problem at all. It's more like you're casual that's going to have a problem eventually when they get, like, when they start dealing in multiple LP items. But we won't get into any of that because that, that's that's topic for another time. Mm. But all right, let's, we can talk let's, about Chaos Bolt Let's go back more. to these five yeah. skills we talked about chthonic fissure we all love it so much we'll talk about chaos bolt we're gonna go through the other three skills as well uh soul feast is gonna be very easy to breeze past and then we're gonna go to the masteries when we get to the masteries we will cover all of the overloads at that point as well yep. the overloads yep. if you don't know what they are stay tuned you're gonna love we're them. probably gonna skip soul feast by the way yeah it's fine so chaos bolt <laughs> doesn't really seem to have many more multipliers by itself the biggest more multiplier that it has is this one here which is four separate more damage multipliers, but it's all hit-based. 
So we have yep. one really interesting deals more damage over time equal to a portion of your missing health, and it's per flat missing health. So if you yep. have 10,000 health, this node's insane. Um, yep. And then you they hit damage the physical node. damage over time node, too. Oh, uh, yeah, the, the bleed one here. Yeah. But, like, other than that, you don't really have many more damage multipliers. You have, like, increased area over here. You have, like, extra projectiles. You've got, like, some mana cost stuff. Like, there's, it's really just, like, one, two, three in terms of the uh, the biggest source of your damage. And then there's some ailment stuff as well. So I, I kind of like the direction of this. I know yeah. that there's, like, there's more multipliers on the mastery, and there's fewer more multipliers on the skills themselves. But I still like that. It's, it's a good step toward... Yeah getting the more damage multipliers off the skill gems themselves or the skill skill yeah. trees so it's going to be much like frost uh frost claw mm -hmm. where instead of scaling more damage directly you're going to be scaling more damage in what the person just said in chat doesn't the skill innately have a more multiplier shotgun yes it does yes it definitely does if you get multiple projectiles they can all shotgun with enough area and that'll make percent area actually a very good stat on gear uh for this skill but you can also proc other things, like you can proc harvest three times per second. If you're playing a bleed uh, chaos bolt build, you can not only benefit from the bleed procs from chaos bolt, you can also benefit from bleed from harvest and not have to actually use harvest, which would be very bad. Uh, thankfully, you don't have to do that. You can just proc it. Mm -hmm. The same thing with rip blood. Rip blood will give you a lot of extra damage just by existing, right? So... The skill is going to be very strong, but not because it has 60 gabillion more damage like Earthquake. It's going to be strong because of its synergies with skills and its synergies with the rest of the mastery and everything like that. Now, what most people don't under uh, don't, don't realize is Chaos Bolts is not a Warlock skill. It is an Acolyte skill. It's at the base of Warlock, obviously, right? Because they got to put it somewhere. But you can use this as a Necromancer or a Lich specifically. So a lot of these builds that we're looking at, like, for instance, Bleed Chaos Bolts, it might just be better to be a Lich because the Bleed Overload is at the bottom of the tree. So it's not like as if you have to go too far to get Bleed Overload. So Chaos Bolts is going to be... Like the hit chaos bolt and the bleed chaos bolt are definitely going to be probably end up being much better on uh, Lich specifically. While of course all the other versions will be better on Warlock, at least in my opinion. Well, if you if you go chaos bolt, like you don't get to automate it with your Chthonic Fissure anymore. You don't get the more well, yeah, damage per but, curse on the enemy. But chaos bolt's like just insanely strong, and also being Lich is insanely strong as you much. As it's true, you very well made. No, Lich, Lich do be pretty good, I hear. Which is pretty good. So <laughs> I, I think it's completely fine if you give up. Have those two life bars. Have death yeah. seal. Have overleech. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool, cool. Just, yeah, and what's really cool is you have this one note that I'm the most excited about: uh, the gate, hitting your minions with chaos bolts. Grant them any damned, ignite, bleed, or frostbite chance that chaos bolts gain from this tree. So the idea with this is we grab all of the chance to apply ailments on the tree. We grab all the chance to apply ailments everywhere else. And then we just try to get as many as much ailment chance as possible for our skeleton minions or whatever we end up playing, right? And we just scale it with generic minion damage over time and intelligence scaling and stuff like that. And this is 
really good. Uh, this is good. Like Chaos Bolts is actually going to end up being a really good Necromancer skill, especially with the other node at the other side of the tree with, of course, Revolution. Revolution, you know. Whenever mana is consumed, man, mana anarchy, which is the node behind it, uh, you, your minions gain additional spell damage based on your maximum mana, and they also gain increased cast speed. So, I don't know if this stacks. Even if it doesn't stack, this is still really strong. Let's assume that you have like 300 mana, right? That is 15 flat spell damage. What do you think is the base amount of damage that most minions have? 20 flat damage. This almost doubles your damage just by with one stack. Now, if it does stack, this node is one of the stronger or strongest nodes in the entire game. As uh yeah, this node's gonna be ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous, because you're gonna be able to get your I think skeleton mages a bunch of flat uh damage. You're gonna be able to get your Flame Wraiths, a lot of flat damage. You're going to be able to give your, uh, I guess, technically, like, Bone Golems, if you don't go, like, the proc version, you go, like, the like the one with, like, the AoE or whatever. This would also apply to, like, Infernal Aura Golem as well, uh, but his thing snapshot, so you have to, like, make sure you have the buffs up before he does that. Like, there's a lot of different builds that this is really good for, especially, like, solo, like, uh, Solo Mage, right? Solo Mage, specifically uh, Fred the Mage. This is going to make Solo Mage into a competitive build with like all the other Necromancer builds instantly. Because all you got to do is just cast some, you know, Chaos Bolts, and all of a sudden Fred the Mage has well over 100 flat damage. And that is a lot, by the way. That is, that is a very large amount. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop gushing over Chaos Bolts now. <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, I'm so glad that somebody is excited about the minion stuff because I just start falling oh, asleep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's okay. It's oh, fine. Poor minions. I've, I'll do it uh, for you. I've, I've uh, heard rumors of these nodes here being strong, and they certainly have the damage numbers to back them up. So remember, you can also proc Chaos Bolt off of your Chthonic Fissure, and Chthonic Fissure can also proc volatile zombies so it summons zombies for you it summons chaos bolt the chaos bolts hit your zombies and then it gives them 35 percent more damage and also gives them 75 percent more damage which is like 120 percent more damage i have a really cool build that is going to utilize those nodes but sadly due to my own self-inflicted nda i cannot talk about it as it's going to be one of my friend's builds it uh <laughs> these, these nodes seem they got really big numbers on them. They seem pretty strong. Oh yeah. Um, I don't. don't I don't know how your mana situation you is going to be if you you're trying to incorporate turn all off, these. Turn off the stream. Turn off the stream. <laughs> turn off the like. Get get rid of everything. All right. Yeah, let's let's talk about another skill. Things. We're not going to talk about soul feast. Soul feast is a uh, former lich skill it's like that a got moved. rework node. And yeah. like, uh, I can give you a very quick summary of yeah. How what's I feel what's about the summary of this node right here? Go ahead. It's cool, but. It's still Solfies. All right, you can continue. All right, so Solfies caps your armor, basically unchanged. If you like it, you like it. If you've never played it, try it out sometime. Oh, one cool thing. They implemented the Unleash mechanic like they have for Maelstrom for uh, Solfies instead this of part like down that here? really dumb, the, the mana consumption thing, which is cool for clear. It's bad for all the builds that used it for single target, but whatever, who cares? Move all good. On. All right, uh, Solfies done. Yeah, it's not really Ooh. much to talk about there, other than it's Soul Feast. 
Do you want to talk about the channeling spell damage over time thing that applies the elements? Or do you want to talk about Vladimir's pool from League of Legends? Uh, we can talk about Ghost Flame. All right, let's go Ghost Flame. How I like to call my summer car. Your summer car. So yeah. Ghost Flame, uh, to, to set the stage for this, it has it has some more damage multipliers on it. It has like Ignite per second, uh, Ignite duration, Elmet duration second. and stuff. It has less damage taken baked into it. It has a 40% less damage taken node and a 20% less damage taken node. So it looks like you can be quite tanky. Let's you get a bunch of armor based on your intelligence uh -huh. as well. So really it uh, it deals fire and necrotic spell damage over time while you are channeling. You can uh, you can make it detach from yourself, and it'll persist after you're done channeling it. Which, for what it's worth, I think every channeling skill in every video game should have this. I am such a huge fan of this node. I agree. I like it. You can let's see what are the other like mechanical differences you can do. It has like some minion uh, interactions. You can make it okay. So there's the fun build where. Well, okay, so can... I think I think I'm about done. But you can make it go in a full circle, and then you can move. Yeah. So if you want to yeah. move while channeling, you can get what 30, 50, 50 movement speed. Yeah, that's the moving. That's a lot of movement speed. It's going to be very entertaining. That's a lot of movement able, speed. Like this is going to be the RF build that people have wanted for so long. This is literally going to be it. Now you're going to have to deal with your mana, but. That's a small price to pay to have a sports car in last year. 50 block. movement speed while dealing damage in a full circle wait, around you. Wait, wait, you know that meme, like like the last epoch meme where like they the, the devs made the car in the video game, right? We have that now just as a skill. Woohoo. It's <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh the yeah. last thing that I want to call out is we can proc marrow shards twice per second, and then you can increase the frequency from there. And there's also this thing over here that applies decrepify and it has a a screech so it releases a horrible screech oh. applies the decrepify buff and decrepify is a curse that deals physical damage uh causes them to take more damage from damage over time effects based on your missing health so maybe you're an exsanguinous build that could be interesting so cool. All right. that, that about covers the uh, the details of it. What, what do you I'm want to talk about? Go ahead. For the decrepify node that makes it screech, I want to go offline and make a mod that replaces the audio of the screech with like my leg or something. That would be very entertaining. You just hear it every like 1.5 seconds. But <laughs> of all the things you could replace it with, you want that? I mean, there's a few other things you could do, like the Wilhelm stream. Like, you know, you can do that. <laughs> sure. That would okay. work. There's a few things. So Ghost Flame, the reason I like Ghost Flame is it builds upon a lot of the criticism that I've had over channeling skills. And what do I mean by that? If if you're going to fucking stand still to deal your damage, either one, you need to be immortal for the most part. Which is bad game two, design, in my opinion. Yeah, which Ghost Flame definitely does. Or two... You need to do damage and actually do something productive. And Ghost Flame does both of those things at once. So what's really cool is it just it's just a channeling skill that e that even has Perry excited for. Perry hates channeling skills. Like seriously, like Perry hates channeling skills. I do. I I mean 
<laughs> I think I think channeling skills are really hard to balance. But you're excited for Ghost Flame, right? I think I think Ghost Flame addresses some of the issues with channeling skills. Like yes. it it really does. You can you can move while channeling, which thank God we finally have a channeling skill in the world of every action RPG ever made <laughs> that allows you to move as well. Even and, at a reduced rate is fine. You can yeah. also do that. With, and then yeah, like, and then it also persists when you're done casting it. That's like what? Yeah. Awesome. That's so like, good. I have a story about that. So like, remember the wandering spirits thing with the channeling wandering spirits? Mm -hmm. That build did not reach like S tier quality of like S tier like strength until they made it so that the like the ghosts started staying after you're done channeling. Mm -hmm. So this is essentially the same thing, but as ghost flame instead. Yeah, and like you don't you don't have to spec it, but the fact that you have the option yeah. to sounds excellent. Exactly. Um, if yeah. I were going to play this, the first nodes I would read would be like all this movement speed stuff up here. If you want to stand yes. still and cast stuff, like be my guest, but that's not the kind of game I that I want to play. If you want to juice out as much damage as you possibly want out of uh, out of Ghost Flame, you are not going to go for the movement speed stuff because mana. Oh, of course, of course. But if you want to like use it as kind of like a pseudo clear skill or whatever, it's definitely going to be a skill use. Also, as well. <laughs> People forget again that Ghost Flame is not just a warlock skill, it's an acolyte skill in the warlock tree that you can grab. So you can play Lich and you can use, of course, the Ghost Flame channel on top of you know Death Seal, on top of like zooming, right? With two movement skills on top of Ghost Flame. You're essentially have three different movement skills. You're gonna use Ghost Flame, Transplant, and Reap. And while you are using Ghost Flame, you're also going to have Death Seal going off. So the build that I played, the the, the wrong warp one, Lich, yeah, the wrong warp crit Lich, is about to get dialed up to eleven. <laughs> Man, thinking think about that right now. Like you you pop your transplant, you just like transplant, mm -hmm. and then you start channeling Ghost Flame for like because like your your movement speed did mm -hmm. probably snapshots, right? No, I don't think it does. Yep. I bet it, it does. If it does, that would be hilarious. I think it'd be um, cool. You, uh, you can probably clear a lot of monsters really quickly. With now, it. of course, what I like about it is it's balanced because of the mana cost. If you read the mana cost here, you can tell that like they went a good, like they gave it a good channel cost in my opinion. That is the perfect channel cost for it to feel usable still while also not sucking. Like, it's great. That was such a good idea, like the amount of channel cost. Because we also have ways of manipulating the channel cost. We can get like negative 70% here. We can add channel costs as well if we want to do more things. Like dealing damage in a circle specifically is going to be probably a very, uh, a very, like, very sought after note. A lot of people are going to grab it. Now, something I want to talk about, though, that uh, just in general with the new skills that we're seeing is... We are finally seeing the design breadth that we've been waiting for for last epoch for a while. And what do I mean by that? If you look and you tab through all the skills, can you tell me something? Like, can you tell what you notice? Just let's like click through the skills and like, what do they all have in common? They don't have nine out of nine points. Not that, but that's part of it. Hmm. Go on. So if you click through all of them, if you look at the top, the max roll planner, it allocates all the points. You see how many points are allocated? Go, go, go on. 
they have like well over 80 on half of them, right? Or like 60 to 80. That means that you're going to have significantly more choices than you normally would have when it comes to skills mm, like this. Because okay. if you look at something like Meteor, like you can bring up Meteor's tree, right? Meteor has like effectively four different branches, right? And those branches, they don't interact with each other. That's like the old design per se. Well, this is like the new design where each of the branches can branch I see off what you're each saying. other. And there's more points to look around. So like, for instance, instead of like, oh, like there's like one side of the tree that has like five points that you can invest to do shrapnel. Shrapnel uh, would be its own thing, like its own thing with like three different separate like paths. Like I like that they're pushing the envelope in terms of how many actual allocatable points are in the tree because it gives them more room to do more fun stuff. Because if you look at Ghost Flame, imagine if you took all the fun stuff in Ghost Flame and tried to shove it in the same framework that Volcanicorp has. Wouldn't that be terrible? Like, it would be terrible. It would be awful, right? Like, look at all those paths and how they interact and stuff. Imagine doing that, but, like, in, like, the size of the tree that Volcanic, uh, Volcanic Orb has, right? That would be terrible, right? And now we have all these different branching paths that connect with each other for the most part. Each branching path has multiple options while also being their own thing and all being like essentially supported. And that's the best word of it. Every single little node like that like trails off for all these skills, they're supported mini archetypes essentially, right? I'm going to pull up Chthonic Fissure while you talk about this because yeah, I think, I think, I think this it's is the perfect, perfect example, example of what you're talking yeah. about. Like, for instance, if I want to do a Chthonic Fissure and I want to build around the zombie node, right, there are other nodes in the tree that I can go take that will like support this zombie mm -hmm. playstyle, whether it be the Chthonic Fissure stuff or like, like there's a lot of different ways, right? Or if I want to go the Necrotic Damage Over Time route, there's a lot of nodes that support it. We didn't have this before in the older skills. The older skills were you play shrapnel or you don't. You don't just like, you know, or mm -hmm, whatever. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm beating a dead horse with the meteor like thing, but like, let me pull up a different skill. Like, uh, uh, what's a good example here? Uh, fireball. Fireball's a very good example of this, where like it has a bunch of things it's trying to do but not much support for what it's actually trying to do mm -hmm. with any of those, right? Like you can do the homing and stuff, you can do the multiple projectiles, or you can do the channeling and that's it. And like, those are really like, I don't pretty, know, very narrow paths. Yeah, like you mm -hmm. can't really combine them. Well, Chthonic Fissure, you can do the, because what's really cool is if you pay attention to Acid Skin, it says, Chance to be critically struck by any hit, right? Now, Chthonic Fissure can summon zombies. This is the first time in recorded Last Epoch history that we will be able to play a spell crit zombie build that actually can cap its crit chance. <laughs> Thanks to this note. You That's a pretty good point. A, you can play a zombie build 
where you just plop down Chthonic Fissure, right? You're gonna play and a minion build. Come out. You're gonna yeah, play a minion build Warlock. that isn't that isn't a Necromancer. That doesn't get dungeon. exactly. This Whoa. is good enough that you could potentially do it. Now, of course, what's really cool about this is this isn't just for that, right? Imagine if you had a friend that was a zombie build. Sorry, what was that? A necromancer. If you had a friend, uh, I know, right? If you had a, like someone with you that was a zombie build and you put <laughs> down a Chthonic Fissure with the crit on it, all of a sudden their build gets an immense buff. Like Chthonic Fissure is also not only this powerhouse of a skill, right? It's also a support skill. Look at that. Pretty hot. It's pretty hot. Like, <laughs> like you, you like support lock or support necro and well support lock specifically yeah. is going to be a build. And unlike support necro, which was butchered and removed from the game, sadly, uh, support lock will actually be a support build. Is so that a new skill? Summon friend. We have yeah. one more skill to talk about, and then we're going to talk about the uh, the mastery here. And then yep. we'll have like we'll we'll share like two minutes of opinions about uh, Falconer at the very end. So let's talk about this. This is a skill called the Profane, Profane. Veil. Yep. It looks identical to uh, Vladimir from League of Legends using his Sanguine mm -hmm. Pool thing. If you're a League of Legends player, I'm sorry, but <laughs> some okay, of us the were. The idea with Profane Veil is you can channel it. And while you're channeling it, you have a hundred percent chance, hard coded, hundred percent chance to mm. dodge every hit. You can still take dot damage and yes. stuff, right? Yes. But you can dodge every single hit, and it lasts for a few seconds. And it is an absolute defensive powerhouse. Like mm. I think a good example is that one skill in uh, Necromancer for uh, Diablo Four. It I can't remember the exact name, but like. People who play Diablo 4 will know it's like the Necromancer skill. It's the one that like makes you immune to damage, and it's exactly like this. I can't remember the exact name. You can talk about something while I find this. <laughs> sure. So uh, Rebuke is better. Rebuke is just different. This thing lets you move. So Profane Veil, let's talk about the mechanics of it before, before we get uh, we get back to Dread's example. But Profane Veil, <clears throat> you can move while it's, uh, while it's being cast. You can take no hit damage, so you can like puddle under something. You can release some profane orbs and they can like hit things. They can be a source of damage for you. It looks like they have scaling as well. So maybe a profane orb build could be cool. You can have a second profane veil uh, puddle that appears. You can have one appear next to you or you could have one appear away from you like where your cursor is. You can proc bone curse. There's some minion stuff going on down here. We'll talk about this. Like you can consume your own minions and then gain buffs from consuming your own minions. Uh, let's see. There's cleanse. There's synergy with wandering spirits, which I think is pretty cool. Yep. And then we have yep. a kind of kind of a generic note over here. Uh, where is it? This one. You deal more global damage to cursed enemies while you are in profane veil. So, which what, normally is very short, but you can fix that. Yeah. So the the only thing that I want to highlight about scorn is every time that we've seen this kind of effect before in last epoch it is weird because it's snapshots um damage snapshots like your stats when it starts so think about something like warpath um gives you more spell damage while you are spinning the yeah, more spell damage while you're like spinning it, thing. yeah but yeah. it only happens 
if the spell damage occurs while you are already spinning, which means you have to proc it so that it only happens with a Holy Flame Burst proc, or it happens with, like, proccing Smite. So this, this node with Scorn, probably only benefits curses that are applied while you are puddling or yeah. profane orbs that you create while you're puddling so i, I mean I, you I, could do like instant cast wandering spears then that would deal more damage to cursed enemies while in profane veil because you can sure okay yeah yeah that it. that would that would uh hit the conditions as well yeah or yeah there's or uh yeah there's there's a few different things or if like you have a volatile zombie cast an infernal sure for you yeah like, there's yeah. a lot so of those 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 kinds of situations this. The last two things I want to call out before I hand it back to Dread is talking about this node, which technically exists. It says propane form, propane form. Oh my so god! So it says uh, it inflicts penance, which causes enemies to take fire damage when they hit a target, and penance damage or penance deals more damage per percentage of damage reflected. So if you like playing damage reflect, seek help, or take this node or something. But I don't know. Then well, we also have some fire. Really like about penitent tangent okay the Pen reason Wait. i like it so much penitent, 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 yeah on. yeah okay it's a good tangent good tangent because it's spell damage it scales up a spell damage it does what's really cool about that is it means that if you're trying to play a stupid reflect build right you can actually scale to spell damage and make the reflect damage do enough damage to clear and use a different spell for single target, right? I like that. Okay. I, I, you have played uh, Reflect Spriggan before, and let me tell you, it, it's terrible. My it's the, the title of that YouTube video was my least favorite build ever played. Awful, and this gives you an out because you can actually <laughs> scale the same kind of damage that you're doing with penance. Oh, god, all right, you can continue now. And then we have some fire here. stuff. <laughs> the fire stuff, I think, is cool. It's like you puddle under a, a, like a group of enemies, and uh, when you first damage an enemy with profane veil, you have a chance up to 100% chance to cast infernal shade on them, and then the infernal yeah. shade deals damage in AoE, or you make it explode or something. And that yeah. seems like a pretty good way of clearing a bunch of monsters. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what to make of Profane Veil. Obviously, it's very good defensively, but is yeah. this going to be in every build? Is this going to be something that appears in half the builds? Like, are people going to like it? Does it move fast enough? Um, am I going to be dumb for not putting it in my build? We'll see. I don't, I don't know exactly how to. I think for me, my opinion on it is. If you are pushing really high corruption or if you are trying to do really high arena with Warlock, Profane Veil is going to just be a mandatory like skill. Oh, you're like, you're like a Profane Veil plus Ghost Flame build at that point, aren't yeah, you? You're, if you, if you're you care about defenses, you care yeah. about those two skills. Yeah, exactly. And that's going to be what you focus on. Definitely. Now, Profane Veil as a utility skill outside of the mm -hmm. defensive you know, mechanics, I think it's going to be fine. Like, it's like it's cool. It's great. It's just like, it's just kind of niche per se, right? Like, there's a lot of cool things you can do with it and trigger off of it and make it work. Like, for instance, the node that saves the entire tree, by the way, in my opinion, Profane Veil as a skill is, is the, the Profane Orbs. No, 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 it's not. Uh, oh. Those, I think those are bad. But uh, Vampiric Pool here, which makes it so you can consume minions and get additional duration. So it says flat duration, right? Yeah. Now, 
Reimer is here, so he can you know tell us technically. So th this, this gives percent you plus five duration, This percent duration that I'm looking at on the tree, right? This fifty percent you can get. Does that apply to the flat percent that the flat duration that you get for consuming minions? Because you can get a lot more duration this way. Now, of course, the problem with Profane Veil is its cooldown does not uh, recover during its use, so you mm -hmm. won't always have downtime no matter what you do. Good, otherwise you would that. literally yeah. dodge every single hit. It would good, be stupid. Good. Yeah, it would be stupid, obviously. Uh, you have, like, nose, like, stream of profanity, so you can just yell curses mm. at the opponent until uh, it's off cooldown, right? And, yeah, I think that it's going to be a really strong skill in general, it just like it does so many different things that we kind of just have to play with it per se. You summon volatile zombies when you exit profane veil equal to a number of minions consumed, so up to ten. Volatile zombies summoned this way deal more damage in a large area per intelligence. Four percent more damage per intelligence. So the question is, if I add flat duration with duration extension. Is that applied by the percent duration? I don't think it is, right? Because I, I, I doubt duration. it is. Yeah. That'd be very weird. Because if that's the case, then the max amount of time that you could spend in Profane Veil would be about like three, about 5.5-ish seconds. Yeah, it's added after. So the max you can be in Profane Veil is 5.5 seconds. So you are not going to be using this for like single target at all. Like, you could never use this for single target. But what you can do is use it for your clear, utilizing one of the main ways, like with the Infernal Shade thing, with the Pentience thing, right? You can use it for clear at the very least, right? Like, that that would be cool, I think. You can definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely do that at the very least. I'm excited to play with it. This is the yeah. one skill that is above the halfway point. So Profane Veil and then, of course, the Mastery Skill, Chthonic Fissure, are the two things that you need to be a Warlock in order to use. It yep. looks like the rest of them, so uh, Ghost Flame, Soul Feast, and Chaos Bolt are all things that you can access as a Necromancer or a Lich. No, Soul Feast is at the top. No, Soul Feast is at, Soul the, top. at the top. Whoops. Yep. Okay. Soul Feast Warlock only. Uh, so one cool note in Profane Form... Pro, pro, Profane veil. Got it, got it, got it. Is okay. propane form. I think it's really funny. So what's really cool with this node is which one? You can get a bunch of movement speed, propane form. Is there really a it's node called lot. propane form? Yes, it is. It's called propane. Oh my form. god, it's called propane form. Okay, so That's when so I first stupid. saw this, when I first saw this, uh, node, right. you know what I instantly thought of? I, I thought of like King of the Hill instantly when I saw that node. It's like you move faster body. equal to a portion of your chance to ignite on hit up to a maximum, but profane veil is a shorter duration per chance to ignite on hit up to a maximum. So like so, you can get 200 movement speed for a very small duration. There is a very niche interaction with this that I will talk about. here. Go on. Okay. So let's say that you do this and you get all the, you get all the movement speed, you get as much movement speed as mm -hmm. possible. Now, when you're using profane form, you're mm. only or propane veil or mm. whatever. Oh my goodness. Mm. You're gonna use it and the duration's gonna be really short. So mm -hmm. it's gonna suck, right? It's gonna suck. But what you can do mm. is you can use uh the weapon uh wrong warp, okay? Mm. That gives you three percent increased spell damage 
per 1% boost. <laughs> so this can snapshot you for like well over 600% uh, spell damage. Now, of course, what you could also do is when you're inside Profane Veil, if it can last like a second at least, right? You can cast Wandering Spirits, right? Mm -hmm. While you have that mm -hmm. percent damage. Mm -hmm. Good, right? and it probably snapshots. It's an instant cast. I think it does. Now, I'm not entirely sure, but I think it does. And you can get the more, you can get the gigantic amount of spell damage from Profane, profane Veil. Well, also, you can use Drain Life Channel to, of course, make them stay indefinitely until you have more. You can. Up. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do some really funky shenanigans with this node. Uh, now, of course, that all relies uh, Wandering Spirits to snapshot when it casts. I have to go test that, obviously, but still. This would lead to a very amusing skill. <laughs> That's adorable. I like, it. I, like it. I like it. I like it. You can't use wrong warp for its normal usage because profane veil gains the traversal tag. And the way uh -huh. that this works is the skill that is um, the higher cooldown or whatever. Like the skill that you use is the cooldown that is a place on all your mm -hmm. other traversal skills. So you end up giving your traversal skills like a 10 second cooldown constantly. So it would suck for the normal usage of or, uh, wrong warp, but it would be great for this stupid idea. Sounds totally adorable. I love it. All right. So we talked about uh, five, four and a half skills because we kind of skipped over uh, Soul Feast because who cares? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to scroll back up to the top of this Max Roll page and they have the Warlock Passive Tree. And we're just going to chit chat about this uh, and make sure that everyone knows what's going on and then we can share our opinions on it. All right, so, let's tell everyone what the overloads do because it's one of the bi biggest yeah, questions. Yeah, okay, let's let's go. Get. Let's go like this. Let's go. So, we're gonna start with overload. I can let's, explain. Let's, the first yeah, one. let's let's talk about overloads, and then we'll talk about the top nodes, like the keystone node at the very top, and then we'll work away from the bottom to the top. So, so yeah, tell me, tell me what the overload is. The bleed overload, and you can trigger it with what it shows on screen. But essentially, it gives you twenty percent more bleed damage to uh, enemies that are either moving. Or enemy or boss and rare enemies, which is really cool because the boots have the same affix, but they don't have against like enemy and like, um, like you know, against uh, rare enemies and stuff, which kind of makes those boots a little bit less good, but they don't really need to be good because they're really strong. Uh, but still, 20% more damage against moving enemies, great, right? That's really good for bleed builds. And remember, this can be accessed as a lich or a necromancer because it's on the bottom half. Uh, the next one, um, Vile Tide, the, the poison overload, it makes it so you get up to negative 400% poison resistance on the enemy based on the amount of poisons they have. Now, of course, uh, you have to put a lot of poisons on them, but that's easy. Now, that essentially makes poison back into what it was before all of the nerfs and gutting, which is kind of funny. Uh, poison, which might be back thanks to poison overload. We'll see. Uh, then... The next overload is Damned Overload. Now, Damned Overload is interesting. When you trigger it, you deal more damn damage uh, with the ailment based on your missing life and the enemy's missing life. So both, right? I don't know if they're multiplicative with each other, but you get like up to like 20% more or something like that. It's something crazy. That's really good for a damned low-life build, right? Ignite Overload, what it does is it gives you 1% more global fire damage per 20% global 
ignite chance, meaning that if you're playing like a fire crit build or a fire spell damage over time build, or of course a fire, uh, like a fire uh, ignite build, you can get more damage. What I like about this node is it works for crit damage over time spell and ignite at the same time because it's global more fire damage. So this makes crit fire lich a possibility in theory, right? Uh, and, not not Lich because it's above the halfway point. I mean, I'm sorry, Warlock. Warlock, sorry. yeah, gotcha. I'm, I'm mixed, and I think that's it for the overloads. Yeah, that's it for the overloads. Okay, so and then of course there's the payoff for having as many of them as possible. There's a more damage over time per overload, so you can spec into this as well. So if you have all four, then you have twelve percent more damage over time. Each of these nodes that Dredge just covered has a accompanying node that gives it some extra juice. Uh, if you're watching here live in Twitch chat, Kelvar, Kelvar just posted a. Um, that second link there is something that you can browse through to see exactly what the wording is on each of those overloads. Um, for the Fizz one, uh, specking past it also lets you cast Rip Blood once per second automatically, which is very cool. Which is really good, especially for Lich, by the way. The Poison one <laughs> uh, has this bonus that I'm showing here on the screen. It says, while you have Poison Overload, if you use a potion, your poison spread from one enemy to up to two other nearby enemies, which is OPOP when it comes to clear speed. You're I damn. Think bad. I think that's garbage. I'm sorry. I think it's garbage. Anything yeah. potion related is garbage. Sadly, yeah, the t- <laughs> just you know, like I disagree. It's just bad. The poison you one. Potion sorry, the po- the uh the the damn one. Sorry, the damn one. Uh, while you have damn overload, you have a chance to chain uh damn or sorry, chain nearby damned enemies to the ground. It just immobilizes them. But then there's also some mm-hmm. damn duration that goes along with this node. And then the ignite one says, while you have ignite overload and you kill an ignite enemy, you cast flame whip at a nearby enemy. I doubt flame whip itself is going to be something that you end up scaling, but it is some cool um, stuff, it like additional cool. hits. Like when you hit an ignited enemy, you get an extra hit. Yeah. So like, and this it applies your global really ignite good. chance. The reason why this is good is because it scales ignite overload. So if you're playing like a crit hit fire build, like, mm-hmm. like crit fire hungering souls, right? In this case, as you hit the enemy, you'll apply more ignites with the flame whips, which of course give you more passive, more mm-hmm. fire damage. So like this node will be good for that, but for other purposes, it'll be like meh, I think. But it's it's cool nonetheless. I think it's cool. I've seen the animation. I think it looks sick. It just kind of said that it doesn't have the same scaling. But, oh, one more important thing about the overloads. Oh, this one? Yes. Okay, so we're, we're segueing perfectly into the next topic. No, no we got... Wait. wait. So the oh. overloads, you can only trigger them once every 12 seconds. Yes. So if you... So if you have if one you already... You cannot trigger it until it's over, which makes the poison... Explosion one, because I made a mistake because I thought that they would have no cooldown. A silly me. But the Defiling Nova, which applies like your poison chance to 500%, right? Would have been really cool to spam with Vile Tide, but never mind, I guess. <laughs> so we have this, we have one more like advanced mechanic or skill that's baked into the mastery, and yeah, it's this, this Witchfire really thing. Though. Uh, to give you some context, Witchfire is a ailment. That is no. 300 is it, is it an ailment or is it a spell? I forget. It's, I an, ailment. it's an ailment. It's an ailment. It's 300 Which, necrotic and 300 fire damage over 12 seconds. Uh, so it's four. 600 yeah. damage total. The other thing to compare this to is Doom. Doom is like an ailment that applies a bunch of damage. It, uh, Witchfire is actually good. Doom, Doom does 400 damage and it stacks four times. 
Witchfire yes. has 600 damage, but it only stacks once. On the other hand, Witchfire has a tremendously large more damage multiplier baked into it. Yep. My opinion before we go into this is that Witchfire is going to be a clear speed thing, not whatever Dread tells you it is. On the what? other hand, Dread feels well, that's differently. That's what I said. I, no, okay, okay. What I so said. that's what I said. Yeah. Look at the, the more damage multiplier is huge, huge yeah, you use on it this to clear thing. trash. That's that's the whole point of it. Yeah, mm. and you use like ignite hungering souls for single target. Or oh, my yeah. mistake, my mistake. Yeah, that's that's my plan. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what you're going to do is you're going to take skills that don't trigger the overload. So you're yes. going to apply a bunch of dams and ignites, right? And then you're going to cast a fire or necrotic skill to trigger the witch fire. And it'll apply to a bunch of enemies and then you can spread it across. And then you're going to swap to the other kind of skill, whether it be ignite or necrotic, and then apply witch fire in the next pack. And then you'll have a six second cooldown for witch fire application instead of an absolutely outrageous 12 second cooldown, which means you can actually make witch fire work for you, which is great. And there's a lot of synergy when it comes to these kind of things, like witch fire is definitely going to uh, make a very fun build. Now it's going to be a lot of button pressing and most people who play last epoch these days don't like pressing buttons. Gross. So yeah. So definitely won't be good in that crowd, but it'll be good for me because I'll really enjoy it. And the reason why I love this parry is with the 300 flat damage, like base on each type. Yeah. Right. And then we have, you know, the more witch fire damage here. Imagine when you get this in the campaign, <laughs> oh it's, like it's gonna dumpster models. every monster in campaign it's gonna like be one of the best like things ever yeah it's gonna absolutely crush models. early early <laughs> game and i think this is a cool way of taking a passive and making it into an entire build i think they did a really good job on this one specifically cool yeah you know what other than that, my gripes with overload that that's <laughs> got me excited so mm -hmm. uh, the next thing I want to do, other than the, like the overload stuff, because like that kind of ties the room together here, like Witchfire yeah. as well, we have the three nodes at the very top. I always feel like the three nodes at the top are important for understanding what you're building toward in a mastery. So yeah. we're going to do the same thing with Falconer someday when that's available. But let's take a look at these three top nodes and see what is going on. First is Aspect of Death. We have Increased Health. Cool. It's a five out of five node. Uh, it also says more damage per negative ailment on you up to a cap of 90. I assume this means a cap of 90 ailments on you. So I yep. think that this caps out at 45% more damage if you have 90 negative ailments on you, which is a lot of negative ailments on you. Normally, I like to cleanse negative ailments on me. I like to have cleanse on my belt and then use a potion to cleanse everything. Maybe I'm not doing that in order to get 45% more damage. We'll see. And then yep. we have a three-point bonus here which is kind of like a mini Marina's Lost Soul, Marina's Wand, but it, of course, stacks with Marina's Wand. So Marina's Wand is something that should be on your radar. It says you inflict dam on yourself when you or your targets, or sorry, you or your minions kill a target or take a hit. So what are your thoughts on this? Uh, so this node's going to obviously be very strong. There are a few ways of cheesing this. There's a very easy way of getting a bunch of ailments, whether that be through Bleeding Heart or the Belt. You can use like Bleeding Heart and the Belt that can cover like half of them. 
And then you can also use like Aura of Decay for a few of them, right? And you can scale your poison chance to apply more poisons to yourself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for this node. So like there's a lot of different ways of utilizing this node, but sadly, I think for the most part, it's going to be relegated to the I one tap T4 Jirla video and not for like actual builds because, you know, applying a bunch of, you know, ailments to yourself is definitely not an easy task, but thankfully Acolyte has the tools to do so. But I think it's literally going to be like, I built a glass cannon. Ha ha ha. Look how I killed this boss for fun. And then like moving on. I think it's like, I think it's a great node. I think it's more of a meme node though. Like, I, I want to compliment EHG. There's one thing that I really like about this node. I said it yesterday on stream, but I said it, I'm going to say it right now as well. This is a five out of five node. And I think that there's good reason. I think it's defensible to put two points in it so that you don't get the three point bonus. I think it's also defensible to put three or four or five points in this. Yeah. I like that's really unique. That's a really well-made note. Like how many, um, how many negative ailments do I want to myself? Do I want to, I guess four points is probably dumb. Like if you have three points, you're probably doing five points, but like you can do two points or three points or five points. I like it. I, what a negative threshold what if you put only two points in it so you don't get the negative threshold? That's exciting. Yeah, oh, we need, and we it need comes negative with a really threshold. Nice buff on the top, like increased health streak, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, it is. Absolutely. So what's really cool with this node in general is it promotes a way of playing with AOD where you turn on AOD and you take the node that gives you the infinite, uh, like uh, it makes a bunch of poisons on you and it scales over time mm-hmm. or whatever. And you can essentially turn it on and off and you can just not scale poison damage directly mm-hmm. with, with like damage over time and make sure you don't scale it much. And then just have very small poisons on you while getting the more benefit damage you get with like crits or whatever. That's going to be really cool. I think uh, this node will be cool. I think it's really cool. I think it's a cool node. I think. Cool like, node. The I think, node I think, that like, is cool. Yeah, node cooler. It's hard to go farther than that because, <laughs> like, like it's gonna be great. It's All just right, like let's <laughs> let's move on. It's really just gonna just be like. Every single warlock's gonna take it, no matter what. You think so? And they're all just—they're all just gonna take it, whether or not they can scale it properly or not. They're just gonna take it because it says more damage on it. You don't—you don't like, think anyone's gonna put two points in it? No, I think they're gonna go full hardcore on this thing and just put the mm. five points in. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're like a twisted heart build, fifty percent increased health is a lot, man. The next note here is called a cursed seer. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a couple synergies that we're going to call out in a second, but let's read it first. It's got cast speed, and then it also has increased cast speed for curses. As a three-point bonus, so it's a five out of five. Three points put in this, you go, uh, when damage leaves you below 30, 35% health, you cleanse all of the curses on you and on enemies, and you gain ward per curse cleansed. So it's 100 per curse cleansed. That's potentially a ton of ward that you're gaining. Yep. Um yeah, you could have like, I don't know, five, six, seven curses, realistically. Yeah, if you're going ham, maybe nine curses or something. You know, like five curses on each enemy around you. Like if there's five, like five enemies around you, there's 2,500 ward right there. And it scales off of other things. Like it's, yep. it's, it's a terrible cool for thing. bosses. Amazing for clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that it's cast speed and cast speed for curses means that something like spirit plague 
which is a curse and also a spell, gains 45% cast speed off of this. And that's yep. kind of cool. So some things that's are going to double dip on this. There's also a no node in Profane Veil uh, called Profane Orb that scales off of curse cast speed. Cast speed of, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. so this node here, right? Uh, increases the frequency of Profane Orb per cast speed for curses you have. So it's kind I of think a tailor-made synergy. I this node is going to work is you know that node in Sorcerer or Mage that like gives you a boost of ward based on your HP when you take enough damage, mm -hmm. right? Reactive ward. It's going to essentially be reactive ward, but mm. for Warlock. I don't mind it. It's going to be a lot of defensive. And sure. since you don't have to put on stupid death seal, you can actually have ward. Woo! That's that's true. Yeah. For all the people who want to play like ward based lich builds, you're going to love Warlock because like yeah, we already have low life. Warlock instead. Exactly. True, true, that's true. another thing that's going to be great. We no longer have to deal with the the like tyranny of Death Seal anymore. Mm. Um, the last note here, let's read both of these. So we have when you directly cast a curse, you also inflict a number of enemies with anguish. And then up here we have spell damage for curses. So this Dustbringer node, it's 18 spell damage for curses. There's a handful of curses in the game. There's the five new ones that they just introduced, along with a smattering of other ones. There's maybe six or seven or eight, maybe, that you care about. Uh, we also have a node at the very bottom that gives another 18 spell damage for curses. So curses are a spell damage over time, and some of them are fire, some of them are necrotic, or some of them are poison spell damage over time. But you could just be a generic spell damage over time curse build with nodes like these and that could be pretty cool of course the three point bonus this is a six out of six but the three point bonus is hitting a boss or rare enemy now also triggers the damage from anguish and then anguish is let's see um deals necrotic damage all enemies inflicted by it uh whenever i kill an enemy so this just makes it happen on hit against bosses it's cool i like it i think this is support for an archetype that already looks to be like pretty self-contained pretty self-explanatory just click on everything that introduces a new curse into your build and then curses yep. do a smattering of other things for you it's like a curses matter theme and then you just scale the damage for the curses seems like a good yeah, seems like good. so the idea is like you can do the penitence from profane uh orb and as of course your penitence procs kills things of course anguish will of course proc those as well like on those kills so it'll make clearing very easy for this kind of build uh, which is cool. That'll be fun. Uh, the only problem is they have to attack and hit you for penitence uh, or for the the specific curse, mm -hmm. which means you might have to run a bunch of like dummy minions where you just like you run like a cycle to like get them to like and, or something. You end up doing something. No, that, that so sounds that like a really fun build. Tell me more about it. Tell me more about it. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I think what you can do is you can do the skeleton stuff. Uh, you can do the skeleton resummon chance, mm -hmm. and then you grab the node inside. I mean, well, you need grab the node, the forty percent. Then use the Sanathia set since you're playing a curse build, anyways, uh -huh. right? Uh, the Sanathia shield specifically states here uh, twenty percent chance when one of your skeletons dies, resummon a new one. So you have sixty percent chance to resummon a new skeleton, right? And then as, of course, enemies hit those skeletons, you know, they'll die. And then the skeletons will die eventually because you're playing a warlock, not a mm -hmm. necromancer. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, like they'll resummon themselves. So you only have to cast them every so often. There, are, I, There's so many builds in this game. And there's so mm -hmm. many things that I want to play. And it makes me happy that 
none of them are what you just described. <laughs> <laughs> there's gonna be I, someone that I, wants to play it so like good and i'm glad that somebody yeah. wants to play it like it ain't me like coach that's like the thing is like someone's gonna want to play this so i'm gonna also <laughs> also jesus christ doom herald by the way have you seen doom herald no what's doom herald i was gonna talk about the rest of the mastery but what's doom, doom herald? herald is the the node that gives you 24 percent less damage taken while channeling and 25 percent more damage to damned enemies while channeling oh it sounds busted like you know that wandering spirits build i played yeah, yeah how, what what if i just had 24 percent more damage you take I less totally damage while channeling, that, yeah. and you deal more damage to damned enemies while channeling. Sounds yeah. I totally didn't need that at all. Like, Why with twenty four percent more damage for channeling builds? What? That's nuts. Yeah, it's stupid. I'm surprised. That, like it's even ghost flame. What the fuck? I think like if it said ten percent per, I think it'd be balanced. It'd be Why? Fine. Why does ghost flame look so good all of a sudden? I mean, Ghost Flame is going to be good because Ooh. they realize that channeling needs this ridiculous amount of investment to make it work. So that's what they did. All right, so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call out a couple nodes here that I like. I like all the defensive nodes because I like not dying. We have uh, we have more armor per curse on the target. We estimate like five or six curses, curses in your build. Yeah, but I, I I'm I'm saying like five in general when I'm yeah, doing my neck. Yeah, five is a good average. Yeah. So more armor per curse on the target. Last damage taken per curse on the target. Last damage taken from withered enemies. And then we have haste stuff up here at the top. So those are the nodes that really stand out to me the most. Of course, every node here is a banger, but those are the ones that stand out to me. Which nodes do you want to like chat about? Uh, let me see here. Which nodes would I want to take first? This node. I, what about malefic body? I like body? imperishable. I really love imperishable. I have been playing. Oh. oh, I have been playing a bunch of different builds that have accidentally uh, had like ward decay threshold on mm -hmm. it, and it's a lot stronger than I thought it was in the beginning when it first was like released. Now this has a lot of synergy. This specific node because spoilers you can get a lot of necrotic resistance as an acolyte um and this will scale with bone clamor barbrood as well right mm -hmm. and helmet. you're going to end up with a very just large amount of just ward ward per second and ward decay threshold and you don't need to yeah. do anything in particular to make that happen because your mastery yeah. passive for being a warlock is a bunch of necrotic res and there's necrotic res in your mastery and there's necrotic res like there's maybe some, like some base too. types as necrotic res and the acolyte and like without going really much out of your way you're going to have a chunk of ward a chunk of ward per second a chunk yeah, of so you can play, uh, ward this would be on the this would be on the this would be on the cathonic fissure build that gives more damage per necrotic res yeah well. yeah yes. i've already got people in my twitch chat who are excited about playing like a necrotic res build like necrotic res yeah. stack it up as high as possible and then just grab all the different payoffs for it it kind of reminds me of like intelligence for rune master Rootmaster's intelligence did cooldown and cast speed and flat damage and this and that. Like it did like seven different things. And like all of a sudden, necrotic res is kind of looking like a really nice stat. I've never ever yeah. wanted a tier seven resistance on any build. In fact, I made an entire video talking about like, oh, what Wait, if what are you talking about? What, a, what, a, what if black hole build? <laughs> there sure is. Like a billion damage when Stop you sack fire res and have no I, I made a video talking about like what if what if exalted resistance modifiers had hybrid stats on them? 
So like, you know, like tier four fire res does this, tier fire, tier five fire res, but then tier six, if it's exalted, what if it also gave like less fire damage taken? You know, like that'd be a way to make exalted yeah. stuff more interesting. That would be cool, actually. That would, it's, that would it's, it's, it's an idea that I hope EHG steals from it's me. Like, it's like, a, so essentially the idea here, uh, it would be <laughs> much like max res stacking, but without actually max res yeah, stacking, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. That's, that's like what my idea was roughly getting at. But what EHG has done here is like they made necrotic res, like tier seven necrotic res is just a bigger number. It's kind of boring, but... They made it matter in the context of Warlock because all of a sudden it has alternate scaling to give you damage, to give you ward, to give you ward decay threshold, ward per second. Like it does other stuff. And like you could just build around necrotic threshold. And I think that's really exciting. I agree. Or necrotic resistance, whatever it's called. And we have a bunch of it by being an acolyte. So sick. <laughs> Man, Warlock's mastery passive. It's not listed here, which is kind uh, of it's, it's kind of I criminal no if you idea. think about it. I have um, no idea how that got passed. So Warlock's mastery no passive, idea. like you click on it, you get Chthonic Fissure, but you also get thirty-five fire res, thirty-five necrotic res. When you're level fifteen, percent, you also oh, get five percent more damage per curse on the enemy. You sure who, do, baby. Yes. Who who said that was okay? That, no, that's like, great. Okay. That's so right, good. Me, what do you mean it's great and so good? All right, do me a favor, Perry. Go look at Forge Guard's mastery bonus and you tell me that, okay? Uh, Forge Guard gives fire and physical resistance, which is a holdover from the old system of giving you protections. And it also gives armor for each hit you've received. 1% armor yeah. for like 10 seconds. Yeah. Percent. Not more. Percent. Yeah. Right? Well, Warlock. It's old. Give it a break. You're what like you beating old? up a geezer. What do you mean? Rune Master has 30% increased elemental damage and 10% increased cast speed with elemental spells. What do you mean old? This is new. Well, cast speed, cast speed is. Cast I know. I like cast speed. 5% more damage per curse is kind of really good. It is like kind of really good. That is some, the only thing that is remotely similar is like Void Knight's chance to echo by far. That is what? the only one that's like remotely similar in uh, terms of how much power it gives. <laughs> what I was what I was trying to highlight is uh the necrotic and the fire resistance that you get at level 15 is really relevant for that part of the storyline cuz yep, I meant to say that for a new player, if you're a brand new gamer out there who just wants to pick up last epoch for the first time, what's a new class? What can I play? play warlock give it a shot you're going to be trying out something new while everybody else is trying out something new which is fun you're going to play chthonic fissure as soon as you get it and it looks to be a very strong leveling skill and very simple to scale because it scales in a number of different ways i think you're really really going to like it and the resistances that you get for specking uh warlock at level 15 or so it's going to give you relevant resistances a good chunk of them that are immediately uh making the uh, game easier for you so I think actually, I think Warlocks uh, can be like very beginner friendly. Yeah, we actually calculated that Raven Crow on average without too much investment. Most builds on Warlock, at least, will get like five curses because, like, uh, specifically, Chthonic Fissure covers three, while like you can do like Spirit Plague on Spec or Bone Curse on Spec or whatever, right? Like, there's actually a lot of synergy in just stacking a bunch of curses. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, that. Uh, that about covers it for Warlock. 
Oh, boy. there's 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 so much we could say. The Falconer bashing session. So Let's go. We, we've been talking for an hour and twenty minutes. We're gonna spend two minutes. Ten minutes. Two one. Ten We're gonna spend minutes. one minute, a minute and a half, talking about Falconer. We're right. not going to read every single note. We're not going to read every single note. Uh, all you got to read is sharpest point and uh, not sharpest point. I'm sorry, wrong one. Expert duelist. Just read expert duelist. That's all. All you need to do. All you need to do. Just it's like, what is that node and why is it so bad? Okay. All right. Most builds. Oh can oh get to, oh oh experts. <laughs> so you can get a hundred decks. On a normal build, that's ten flat damage. You know how much base damage an actual spear has. The whole point of a spear is that it has a bunch of flat damage. Why like, do I put a hundred decks and, and like then I get the, ten uh, more? The other one at the top, right? The increased melee attack speed with a two-handed sword that's ten percent. Uh, Literally, Forge Guard, one of the worst masteries uh, in the entire game, has like forty percent at the top of the tree. Uh, like what? Like okay. the fire penetration per int with a staff? Like. Oh, you, like, there, you know there's going to be what? a unique staff that comes out that supports yeah. fire yeah. cinder strike. And then we look at the spear node. Right? That's one, the yeah, yeah. Node, the bleed chance with the spear and mm -hmm. all that. We get increased attack speed with uh, with a spear and the puncture range. Mm -hmm. That puncture range thing should just be inbuilt with this skill. If I'm using a spear, my pokey pokey skill should be longer, which it is, but not really, right? Like, I think that that should just be, like, that would make melee puncture not a complete joke. Okay, okay, so, so, Falconer, Dredd and I agree on this, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak for you, Dredd, just yeah, to ahead. summarize this and, and start ending the, uh, the podcast here. Uh, Falconer's offensive nodes do not seem particularly interesting. You are going to be a ZDPS tank when you're playing. Well, it, it's like there's percent increased damage here, percent increased damage there, percent increased. Like there's a couple things that are fine, but I don't know where the juice is yet when it comes to Falconer. Uh, on the other hand, the defensive nodes look great. There's like armor here, less damage taken, armor per dexterity, armor does like, this, leech thing is, there. Like there's a lot of good looking defenses, including so what, what even, really even block and glancing blow. What makes me annoyed is fencing grace. The node that gives you block effectiveness per dex. Why isn't this like a forge guard node? Why is this all the way here in Falconer? We have the entire Sentinel class starving for defenses. Because like squishy, squishy Sentinel. And then like Falconer, a completely random like a uh, mastery, right? That's minion based. Has this node of all nodes? Mm. Like I would love this node on any build. What the heck? So that's that's about it for Falconer. There's there's two special nodes that I'm gonna call out. One is it looks like ballistas are cool because they have a lot of flat damage and now they have plus five base critical strike chance. So like maybe there's yeah. a ballista thing going on here with like some like minion crit, minion crit multi. Cause like the Falcon is scaling off of minion damage and the ballistas are already minions scaling off of minion damage. So maybe there's like a Falcon or just a ballista thing that you can do. And the other node that I want to call out is this node which I love. I love yeah. this note. I want to read it to you. Dredd, have you read this note? Pretend Which like you haven't. It? Pretend like you haven't. Oh, the Silver Shroud thing. Pre yeah. Pretend like you haven't read this note. I want to read I, it to I'll you. I'll pretend okay? I haven't. Yes. Right. What does this note do? When you use a certain ability 
on your certain skill bar, you gain a certain amount of silver shrouds. This effect is a 10 second cooldown. So you put points into this from zero to five, depending on how many points you put into this, determines whether you click Q, W, E, R, or right click. Well, you obviously, you obviously put it on your smoke bomb button, so you double stack this the silver shrouds. Obviously, Ooh. and like if you if you disregard the the left to right scaling, it's thirty divided by five, which is six, right? It's six six flat health per point, which is pretty bad. It's not a particularly good note. So yeah. if if you are rebinding your keyboard, you gain skill points that is there I you gain like skill points by rebinding your skill your uh your keyboard i uh to put this I'm wherever you want lie. it unless q is where you want it like yeah it i who designed this what i think it's a cool idea <laughs> but it's like i don't know after looking at warlock and rune master and all that <laughs> um Looking at Falconer's Tree, yeah. just, I, 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 I'm going to be upfront here. Uh -huh. I have an insane bias against like Rogue in general. Mm. I hate the current balance of Rogue due to a lot of different equally as atrocious contributing factors. Okay. And not limited to the skills and how they're balanced mm -hmm. and how it's either feast or famine, mm -hmm. how glancing blow gives you no defense against damage over time, which is the thing that actually gets you killed unlike hits and like just so many other problems, but I am not a very big fan of rogue. So when I see this, I even, even less of a big fan of rogue. Now, of course, some other people are going to absolutely love this. Right. But I am, we don't like, know the skills. We don't know what the Falcon does. We don't know, know the items. We don't know the uniques. We don't know the idols. We don't know the, like there's, there's a lot of stuff we don't know. I yeah. just, I don't, I don't see things here that excite, excite me yet. I, nothing nothing just, here excites it, me It yet. just reminds me of the forge guard tree. Yeah, it kind of does. To do just kind of boring. 20,000 different things. It's like mm. someone was like, wouldn't it be cool if we had a spear node? Mm. Wouldn't it be cool mm. if we had like a node that gives you fire pen per mm. with the staff for mm. my random intelligence stacking mm. rogue? I mean, like the person who designed Warlock and the person who designed Falconer are two completely different people. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> like, I like whoever designed Warlock. Yeah. I think I like that. Like, whoever designed Falconer, it's like, yeah. Uh, and, like, my problem is, my problem <laughs> is, okay? My problem is, okay, why would you ever play this other than the Falconer thing, uh, right? Other than the Falcon thing, uh -huh. right? Why would you play this over Blade Dancer? Well, it's because you get access to Falcon Strikes and Dive Bomb. Other than, I meant other than Falcon. Why would you play this other than, like, oh, it's you, the you get, you get access, Sorcerer problem. You get access to Traps. I mean, sure, but is that going to be better than... Uh, Umbra blades. <laughs> Listen, as as long as there's a falconer build that allows me to continue playing the only rogue build I've ever played, shatter daggers, I'll be happy. 
Yeah. All all I is like as long as there's a shadow yeah. dagger falconer, I well, will instantly see, know what to play, and I will never experiment with anything here else. Here is falconer might actually be really good for sh like umbral blades in general and shadow <laughs> daggers, not because it provides any actual like. <laughs> Like, because it has defense. Like, it doesn't it has all the defense in the world. And since Shadow Dagger has infinite amounts of damage for some reason, right? Then like, well, I might as well be a Falconer so I don't die. Mm. But the problem is you're still going to die to damage over time. Mm. So it doesn't matter. No, but you're not gonna die to damage over time because your Falcon's gonna be leeching damage to you per point of dexterity. Uh-huh, yeah, because that 2k life pool you have is going to defend against, like, the, uh, what are they called? The, what you know, the Ignite Burbs. The Raiders. The oh, Raiders. oh, sure. Yeah, yeah I yeah, forget the names. You're assuming that their Ignites don't take you from 2k to zero in one tick. You're assuming that that's not the case, which that is very much so the case. I like, I like <laughs> Twitch chat. Just like, just let the bird apply Shatter Daggers. Mm. Yep. Listen, if that's a build, I'll play it. Sounds great. Hey, hey, Reimer, I'm I'm teasing. Okay, it's not serious. It's a joke. I'm just <laughs> saying that I like the design of Warlock over the design uh, of Falconer. Okay, mm. and since they're being released at the same time, I'm going to make the comparison. That's what I I, I do like this. I do like this. Yeah. Uh, there's a number of things here that give you endurance threshold if yes. you have not been hit recently. There's like a yeah, nice like synergy those. between like dodge and glancing blow like dodge you get like this endurance threshold stuff we saw like there was um there's a change to defenses with like the mind over matter stuff which is to say damage taken from man before health and then like they started introducing other sources of like endurance threshold and it it seems to be like endurance threshold if you have not been hit recently with the yeah. 0.91 something something release of last epoch we saw uh rune master and also the exiled mage Exiled Mage has those glove special affixes that drop. Yeah, with the endurance, endurance threshold yeah, have not yeah, been hit recently, yeah. and now we see it also pa uh, showing up on um, on Falconer. Endurance like threshold, are... just give me give me just a moment. Right, you're, you're good. Endurance threshold as like a stat tends to be something that I argue against. I say that it's like it's not slot efficient. You'd rather be building like hybrid health, percent health, flat health, and not be building any endurance threshold at all. So we can talk about that more later in different videos if we need to, but. Seeing endurance threshold pop up in little places like this, or popping up in places like your items if you haven't been hit recently, I think that's a really good niche for where you can slot endurance threshold in as a defensive mechanic into the game. I, I really like this little node right here. Yeah, I like it too. My only problem with the node is it says if you've been hit recently, so that when the ailment that is hit you, well, the, the monster that hits you and applies said ailment, then turn threshold is going to do nothing for the ignite that's going to take you for half your health. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't like how damage over time is being shoved into the end game so much to the point where like it makes playing rogue a very interesting experience. Because it, it, it's like, you know why everyone's playing low life on rogue, right? It's nope. because you need more EHP to survive things like that because Rogue really wants you to be at like 2K, 2.5K HP with a bunch of defensive layers. But since those defensive layers are all based on hits and not on just generics mm -hmm. like Werebear, right? Uh, it means that the moment that you get touched by anything with an ailment or a damage over time or anything, like for instance, why do I not farm 
T4 lightless arborith rogue. That is because the entangling roots that comes across the screen, right, will literally kill mm -hmm. you because you'll be at 2k life and none of your defenses work. My, uh, my last Blade Dancer that I played had 5k health. Just, just letting oh. you know. Well, yeah, that's with like ridiculous <laughs> amounts of gear and stuff, right? And that's just a blade dancer thing, like because because blade dancer has enough defenses built into tree that you can afford to have five k life while also having all those defenses, mm. right? But like, I, I would like to see your gear as well. Like, your gear is probably ridiculous. <laughs> all right, so I think I think that about covers the Falconer stuff. We spent some time going over everything that's been leaked over the past week or so, or not leaked, but like announced, yeah, yeah. revealed. So we went over all the Warlock skills, kind of glazed over one of them that's been in the game before, Soul Feast. We talked about the new stuff, though. We talked about the Warlock Mastery Passive, and then we talked just a tiny little bit about our thoughts on Falconer, what exists so far. Of course, next week, we will have another podcast, because at that point, we will have um, even more information about Falconer coming from MaxRoll.gg. So that'll be exciting. I look forward to it. Uh, I'm going to go play some Last Teapot. Dread, thanks for being here. Appreciate you joining me, buddy. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much. All right, Twitch chat, thanks for being here as well. If you're watching here on YouTube or Spotify, be sure to let us know where you're watching so we can make sure that your viewing experience is as good as possible. We'll see you next time. February 21st is the release 1.0. Oh, I should mention, wait a minute. I should mention there are Twitch drops that you can watch. Oh, actually, there are, I heard that they're only active for both you and me. Did, did you get that oh, email yeah. as well? They, they said that they weren't oh, oh, doing really? it for anybody else on Twitch. They were only doing it for you and me. I forgot that they, I yeah. forgot about that. Email. Yeah, yeah. T it's, check check your inbox. Like, Make sure you read that. It's It got hidden in all the other emails uh -huh. yeah, of, yeah. of like bicycle companies wanting me to promote their product. Yeah, bicycle I forgot companies. about that. Uh, yeah, so Twitch jobs begin on February 22nd. They will go for two weeks. You can watch anyone on Twitch, especially me and Dread. If you want double drops, get me even faster. And you'll get some in-game rewards for playing Last Epoch. That happens on the 22nd. Draw, or the game itself is February 21st at noon <laughs> okay. Eastern time. I can't wait to play it. I'm going to play it for like three days straight. I'll see you next After time. After the Falconer comments, they're going to remove the drops. Oh, oh my no. goodness. All right. See you next time. <laughs> see you.